0: Hello and happy hump day.
1: Happy hump day. Another nutrient podcast. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, I I think that a lot of times there can be a lot of symptoms and people tend to, you know, either think the worst or Mm -hmm. they just chalk them up for other things when in reality it might just be us not getting enough resources from our food Mm -hmm. um, or maybe the need for supplement. And, you know, Liz and I talk about a lot of nutrients on here. And we try to keep them to things that are very safe to take. You need them consistently, um, and so hopefully this will be helpful. And hopefully, you know, it can help you if you are experiencing any of these symptoms, or just you know, give you a big, bigger base of knowledge around supplements because the supplement world is crazy is hefty. <laughs> it is uh it's yes. it's excessive.
0: Yeah, and, and here's the thing that I'll preface this with, right? We get asked a lot about different supplements. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. It all comes down to, are we eating a wide variety of foods with adequate nourishment for the body? If we're doing those things, we likely don't need many supplements. Mm -hmm. However, there are some diseases that, you know, cause people not to absorb things. Um, and so we might then look to incorporate specific supplements like we're going to talk about today. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, for vitamin C, like we've talked about in some of those like water soluble Or the fat-soluble vitamins, you should be consuming those things with fats, right? In order for you to absorb them and to retain them the way that the body has designed them. And so again, it goes down to like, what is your nutrition look like? Are you eating pretty much one ingredient, whole foods with a wide variety of fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, so on and so forth? And if you're not able to tolerate certain foods that have the minerals that you need, then you can look to supplementation. But we by no means want everybody out there going and buying
1: supplements we talk about just because we talk about them. Totally. Totally. Like talk to your doctor. If you can get blood work, get blood work done. The hard thing with a lot of these though, guys, is like magnesium we talked about, zinc we're going to talk about here. It's hard to measure on blood work. Um, Like, because these nutrients are so spread out throughout the body and needed for so many different things, like serum levels don't always indicate the best uh, of what your body actually needs. And that's why we talk about symptoms. We talk about, you know, looking at your diet. Are you getting in a lot of, you know, zinc-containing foods? Um, Are you having these symptoms? Like, put it all together. So. Let's dive in. Zinc. So zinc is considered an essential nutrient to the body, um, meaning our body cannot produce it or store it. So for this reason, you have to get kind of like a constant supply through your diet. Uh, It's critical to every aspect of our biology. But the first things to go when we run low are skin health, immune system, glucose tolerance, and it's actually pretty critical to antioxidant defense. So should be considered like broadly protective against all degenerative diseases um, that occur essentially with aging. So zinc is required for numerous processes within the body, including, but not limited to, um, gene expression. So when we say gene expression, I think this is important for people to understand. So with your genes like your genetic dna makeup a lot of people believe that like you are born with things you are born with predisposition to cancer certain cancers predisposition to high cholesterol like all those kinds of things you can make your genes upregulate and downregulate based off of your nutrition based off of your lifestyle your fitness your sleep your stress all of those things and so what zinc can help with among other you know nutrients that can help is beneficial gene expression. So you are upregulating the genetics that you want to upregulate that, you know, create health. And, you know, you're not upregulating the ones that are, you know, tumor genes or, you know, other type of disease type based genetics. So that's just something to kind of understand with gene expression. It also helps with enzymatic reactions. So everything within our body happens within a reaction. You need certain things for those reactions to happen properly. So, immune function, as most people know, um, protein synthesis. So, when your body has to kind of rebuild and restructure and recover the muscles, protein synthesis is a big part of this. So, zinc is very uh, important for that. DNA synthesis, wound healing growth and development. So zinc rich foods are actually harder to come by than you think. And I think, you know, unfortunately today's society makes this even harder because everyone banishes red meat. Like it's horrible for you. Don't eat it. When in reality, red meat's actually probably one of the most nutrient dense foods you can include Mm -hmm. in beneficial um, varieties. So like grass fed, grass finished, high quality. Nutritional databases can also be wildly inaccurate if you don't adjust for inhibitors of zinc absorption in natural foods. So zinc supplements can be valuable, but they're not a fix-all. And in fact, if not used correctly, they can actually induce a deficiency of copper and other minerals that are just as critical to your health, which we'll actually dive into a little bit more later.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, what are the benefits of zinc? So, on top of everything that Becca just talked about, zinc is present in all of our organs. It's part of every tissue, the fluids in the body, and the secretions in our body. However, 80%, 83%, the majority of your zinc is present in skeletal muscle and bone. So, when zinc intake is insufficient, levels within your skeletal muscle, your skin, and your heart will be maintained while your zinc levels in bone liver, testes, and your plasma will decline. Okay. And so that's why it's really, really important. So do we have enough zinc or do we have just kind of like a minimal you know, baseline here? Because zinc is involved in more than 100 enzymatic functions um, within the body and their catalytic functions. Okay. And so the body is not able to store zinc, which we've talked about already. Therefore, you need to be consuming foods that have zinc- in it or be taking a supplement um, continuously. So kind of think about zinc as like little fingers on hands that represent your DNA um, and protein. And those zinc fingers can then kind of grab onto things and act as the receptor. So for all of the nuclear receptors that bind to your DNA and regulate your gene transcription, such as vitamin A, vitamin D, your thyroid, adrenal glands, sex hormones, like if zinc isn't available and present there, we can have all of the, you know, D vitamins or A vitamins that we need, but without those zinc fingers, the gene transcription won't regulate as it should because it's not able to bind things and grab on as well. So something just, you know, for you to think about that, it might not be you know something that you are extremely deficient in and have glaring signs of, but as we kind of go through some of these deficiency signs here, just be thinking about what are the foods that I'm consuming with zinc. So deficiency signs in in issues. So let's talk about this. It, it's kind of difficult to measure just because, um, like we mentioned before, when you take a blood test, they're testing serum levels, and zinc is you know distributed kind of throughout the body. And so it's hard to kind of really get an accurate picture of just how much zinc that you have. So before making diagnosis, like doctors will consider the person's risk factors, such as, you know, are you eating enough calories? Um, do you have any digestive issues or gut health issues that are causing maybe malnourishment of the foods that you are consuming? Um, and then what are your presenting symptoms? I think this is one of the biggest things that some doctors are really great about digging into while other doctors only go off lab work and Mm -hmm. pretty much your symptoms fall on deaf ears. Like I know I dealt with that for a long time. So depending upon the severity and kind of the deficiency here, your doctor may recommend zinc supplementation at higher levels rather than just a recommended dietary allowance. So again, talk with your doctor, kind of check it out depending upon, you know, what you are personally experiencing. Um, and then, you know, the things that you can look out for as far as deficiency signs would be loss of appetite, um, patches of dry skin or severe acne, I will say that this can also be correlated to gluten for some Mm -hmm. individuals. Um, If they're gluten intolerant, that typically shows up in skin somehow, way, shape, or form. And then as far as acne, um, that can also be a dairy intolerance or a lactose intolerance. Okay. Um, Maybe you have a difficult time sustaining muscle, even if you're eating adequate uh, food and adequate protein, Um, impaired immune function, hair loss, delayed sexual maturation. I don't think many people listening to this podcast have that. Hopefully not. Um, Weight loss delayed healing of wounds like we talked about maybe your taste abnormalities you can also do um, different tests uh, to kind of see if you know you're deficient based upon um, some of the taste that you're experiencing. Mental lethargy, again, brain fog, that can be contributed to quite a few things. But, um, you know, when it comes down to growth and the development of infants, children, and adolescents, um, you know, zinc is very, very important for the growth and fetal development. And so this is why it's really important for pregnant women to be taking zinc, at least in your prenatal, most of them have them. I actually took zinc as on top of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and my physician was, was good with that. And for me though, I have had different times where I was anemic times in my life. And then, you know, going throughout pregnancy, I was happy that I took zinc because I actually, um, Lost a ton of blood, and that mm-hmm. you know impla- uh, impacted my blood count as well. So, um, anyways, a couple other things here is increased prevalence and incidence of childhood infections, so diarrhea, pneumonia, all of those things can lead to increased rates of mortality, um, and then impaired maternal health and pregnancy outcomes. So, again, going back to that prenatal, and then you know, making sure that you are taking that every single day,
1: yeah. So, we also want to talk about a relationship because a lot of um there's a lot of very important relationships between different nutrients within the body. And copper and zinc have a pretty important one. So one of the most common malfunctions of this system is an excess an excess of copper and a deficiency of zinc. So ultimately creating a copper-zinc imbalance, which can lead to hyperactivity, attention dis- deficit disorders, behavior disorders, depression, acne, eczema, sensitive skin, sunburn, headaches, poor immune function, and a lot more. Like Liz was kind of talking about signs of the zinc deficiency. So The body has a pretty like elaborate system for managing and regulating the amount of trace minerals like zinc, copper, iron, manganese, chromium, um, and all these things in the blood. So, you know, and what happens is like if blood levels of any of these trace minerals are depleted, then we have a system for absorbing them from the diet and then they are transported from the blood into cells if the cellular levels show that they're inadequate. And they're excreted from the body if blood and cell levels are sufficient or overloaded. And that's the way the system is supposed to work. okay. But in various cases, or either like genetic diseases or diseases that have environmental causes, um, that system kind of breaks down. So you get people either absorbing too much of a particular trace mineral, more than they need. Um, One of the most common and important imbalances that you see a lot of times in like clinical practice uh, is excess of copper, deficiency of zinc. So the ideal ratio between these two, if copper is in the numerator, zinc is in the denominator, would be about 0. 0.7 to 1, which means anywhere from 70% as much copper as zinc to even amounts of each. And one of the ways that you can recognize this, or when you might suspect this, is that copper and zinc are not only minerals, but they're actually regarded as neurotransmitters in the brain. So they have some, fun- some of the functions of a neurotransmitter, so an imbalance in copper and zinc, will lead to things like I just mentioned in the beginning, hyperactivity, ADHD, other kinds of behavioral disorders, and depression. And in fact, a lot of people who are labeled as autistic um, and even like paranoid schizophrenic, when they test their copper levels, they find that they're elevated. And the high copper can also cause severe PMS. Um, It can have an incidence of acne or eczema, it can have psoriasis, um, just sensitive skin in general, like sunburn. If you have, uh, if you're someone that like gets sunburn really easily, even if you're only out for a short period of time, um, headaches, poor immune function. So another characteristic sign is white spots under the fingernails. Um, so excess copper and deficient zinc can cause that to happen, actually. Um, and then elevated copper is a special problem for people with low blood histamine levels, um, and that can lead to anxiety and even panic disorders and paranoia. Um, in really severe cases, actually hallucinations. So as you can see, most of the effects are nervous system related, um, nervous and endocrine system, actually, I would say, with a particular impact on the brain and behavior health. Um, So these are things that we kind of look for when considering copper and zinc imbalances as a potential issue. And like, if you noticed, it's almost always copper being too high, zinc being too low. So how do we balance that? We you know take in more zinc options, mm-hmm. um, and you you know I, I think a big part of this that we need to discuss is the fact that a lot of behavioral disorders, mental disorders, is a deficiency of a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, and they've seen. I mean, research shows this, and we've okay. talked about this before on on podcasts. Is like the diet. Because believe us, we talk to a lot of women, we work with a lot of women that deal with depression, that deal with anxiety, and are on multiple medications because of it. Um, and I'm not saying that those medications aren't needed or that they aren't beneficial, but we always have to look back to the diet. Like, what have we been doing? What have we been consuming? And is it adequate to support our body You know, and to support the needs, especially in high times today with stress? Like, you guys, we've talked about this before, too. The body is like a car. The more you are speeding as fast as possible, going as fast as possible, slamming on the brakes, speeding as fast, like think about that as your stress levels. I know that's kind of how I feel on a Mm day-to-day basis sometimes. When we are doing this to our body, your body heightens its needs. It burns through more fuel. It burns through more nutrients to help manage all of the stress. So we need to support it with the right levels of intake. The last thing some of these people should be doing is a calorie deficit and depleting the body. But that's where we end up. And that's why we end up with these deficiencies. And unfortunately, which we'll talk about on another podcast, I think, in today's clinical world it just gets slapped a medication on it yeah. when in reality it very well could be something that could just be managed with diet yeah. and lifestyle factors
0: and here's the thing is you know food and the quality of your food not just the quantity is super impactful to your mood your overall mood because food is what your neurotransmitters are made up of and your neurotransmitters like serotonin dopamine adrenaline right all of those things play big roles in how you feel what your you know, um, drive is like, are you excited about life or do you feel depressed and you don't want to, you know, go about your day and be productive or, you know, you just feel like you don't really care, you know, and Mm -hmm. you've kind of just like not really happy about anything and nothing's going on. Like that's all correlated to mood and what tend to happen when we are depressed and we are sad or we're down and out. Many people cope with poor quality of foods. Mm-hmm. Think like ice cream here, comfort foods, right? Like pizza, burgers, fries, like those things that are highly palatable, but they're actually making it worse mm-hmm. because the body is not able to get nutrients from those foods. We're getting a lot of trans fats. We're getting you know poor quality meats. We're getting you know a t- ton of carbohydrates, inadequate micronutrients, vitamins, mm-hmm. and minerals, the things that your body needs to be able to function optimally to keep you in a place where we're not deficient in nutrients. And so, you know, when we look at even cravings for some of these people, chronic cravings, chronic malnourishment, like look at your dietary mm-hmm. intake for the last couple of weeks and ask yourself like how many of the foods that I consumed were one ingredient, whole foods that were nourishing to my body. And how many of them were either bought out, you know, whether it's Starbucks or it's Chipotle, or you're sitting down in a restaurant ordered in, it could be frozen meals that you're buying mm-hmm. a lot of convenience package things, right? Like. Really, we need to stop with the convenience and we need to look at where our food is coming from. Yeah. Pay a little bit more, spend a little bit more time in the kitchen if you want to maximize your health and feel good and get out of the state of depression and anxiety. And we're not saying to go off medications by any means, but it's a direct correlation of the food quality that you're consuming to how you feel and that impacts in turn your mood and how you feel about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I We work with so many women that, have nighttime binge episodes, nighttime cravings, tons of chocolate after meals that like When we actually address the total nourishment of their day and they're eating solid, satisfying, fulfilling meals that are balanced in nature, cravings just disappear. Like I have many nights where I'm so full and satisfied from dinner, I can't even think about chocolate. Like I don't even want to think about the Oreos that are in my pantry or anything like that. And I know that seems like a distant thought for a lot of people, like how could you manage your life? How could you ever not have the cravings that control your life right now? But I promise you guys, our bodies are phenomenal creatures. And they will manage. They will adapt. It's not always a good thing. It, it, you have to think about like all of the shit that we've done to our bodies in the past. And believe me, Liz and I are not absent from this list. We have done a lot of things to our bodies. I have treated my body horribly with alcohol, with fast food, with all kinds of shit in the past. Mm-hmm. And my body still shows up for me every single day. And the way that it does that is because I started changing how I was treating my body. And your body will change when you do that. But I promise you, if you think that your body will just keep up with you when you are treating it poorly, when you're not moving your body, you're not exercising, you're not getting sleep, you're not eating adequate amounts of food and nourishing foods and micronutrients and vitamins and minerals from whole foods, your body will start to decline. And I think we see a lot of that right now. Unfortunately, with the convenience of foods that this world has faced, and in turn, the high levels of autoimmune conditions, hypothyroidism, digestive issues. How many people we work with that have acid reflux, colitis, you know, gut issues, leaky gut, constipation. Like the body eventually cannot keep up yep. with the shit that we put it through. And so we need to start treating it better because I promise you, the body will readapt. It will heal itself. We just have to give it the right resource to do so. Yeah. And so Liz and I are talking about, you know, all these different nutrients and all these different supplements that you can take, but a big majority of this should be coming from your diet. Mm-hmm. You know, these will not band aid a shitty diet. No. None of these will. Yeah. And we never <laughs> will claim that they will. Yeah.
0: You know, we I'm telling you guys, you should see our inbox. We get questions all the time about is there anything I can take to help with stress? Yeah. Is there anything that I can take to help with aches and pains? Well, let's look at your intake. Are you eating a a diet high in processed foods, a lot of sugar, a lot of carbohydrates? Like you're gonna be achy, you know, if your body's responding with an inflammatory response. When it comes to stress, like sure, there's some supplements that are Aids to help Mm -hmm. your body manage through stress, but like Becca was saying, you know, when we go about our day and we're just revving the engine and slamming on the brakes and start going real fast, you know, it's like the body is burning through things. It doesn't know what the hell is going on, and Mm -hmm. then we add in the fact that we're either not eating enough Monday through Friday, and then we're over consuming on the weekends. Now the body is just like, whoa, what the hell? Are we in a, a state of like famine? Are we in a state of like feast time? Yeah, you know. And so what happens is you actually during those times you combine those things together you're just priming your body to store fat because it is a survival mechanism. And so, you know, it it goes far beyond even some of the nourishment that you're going to get just from foods, but even to the balance of your foods, the, you know, quantity that you are consuming and then the stress and the sleep and all the other lifestyle factors that are going on in your life and how you talk to yourself too. Because, you know, we can tell you what supplements help with certain things, but if you don't fix the foundation that's broken right now and, you know, really get that cemented, you're never going to feel your best, and you're always going to be, you know, chasing the next supplement or the next
1: new shiny object that's out there on the you Instagram. Think it's going to heal your 15 years of shitty diet and lifestyle, guys. Yeah. We have to invest in ourselves. Yeah, you have to think about all the things you've put your body through, and that it needs your help now. Like it needs your support. And that shit ain't going to happen overnight. I can promise you that. And so we have to implement the right things yep. and let the body take the time it needs to heal itself. All the time, we have people that go through diverse diets and they're like, am I going to gain weight? And I, my answer every time now is your body's going to do exactly what it feels it needs to do yep. to heal itself. To protect itself. You just give it what it needs, and I promise you that it will end up doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where we have to look at the long the long game, right? Let's play the long game here. Let's stop being so short-sighted and thinking that one supplement is going to be the game changer. Like again, we're we're battling years of, you know, things that you've done through different diets or through you know treating your body horribly by consuming a lot of alcohol or overindulging on the weekends and starting every, you know, Monday. And trust me, Beck and I, we've both been there. So anyways, now we've just gone on a tangent here. Um, Let's reroute back to zinc and where we can get it from. So Number one best source of zinc is meat. Red meat in particular is a really, really great source, um, but you can also get it from lamb and pork. Again, we always recommend really high quality grass-fed um, you know, beef. We really like ButcherBox. That would be the number one place that I source my meats. Um, and then you can also get zinc from uh, shellfish. So oysters, crab, mussels, shrimp. Um, I'm excited because I'm actually making a really good... Uh, seafood stew this evening. Um, So I'll post on my Instagram and let you guys know how it turns out. But we've got uh, scallops in there. We've got shrimp going in there, mussel, uh, and some other things. And uh, I'm really excited about it. So anyways, next up, legumes. So chickpeas, lentils, and beans. Um, One of the things here that we have to consider is that legumes also contain phytates. So these are anti-nutrients that inhibit the absorption of zinc and other minerals, meaning zinc from legumes isn't as well absorbed as it is from animal products again. So we go back to gut health. We go back to nutrient availability. Animal products are always going to be, you know, topping the charts with how much we can actually absorb from the foods we are consuming. Next, we can look at seeds. So hemp seeds, pumpkin seeds, squash seeds, actually, um, and sesame seeds. All of those are great. If you're a stir fry person, I love sesame seeds on top of um, any of my stir fries or pad thai. Really, really delicious. And you don't even know they're there. Can also get zinc from nuts. So, specific nuts that we can get it from would be almonds, peanuts, cashews, and then pine nuts as well. So, you know, and for those of you who are listening, if you are a nut butter gal or girl, guy, whatever, um, we really like to get um, just all natural almond butter or peanut butter, um, with no sugar added. So it should be, you know, a really high quality, um, nut butter. I personally love getting it from like whole foods or a place where you can grind it fresh and it's just the nuts and maybe a little bit of salt. Um, the next one is dairy foods. So cheese and milk, they contain high amounts of bioavailable, meaning that it's very easily absorbed by the body, um, forms of zinc. So we would recommend full fat, organic dairy products. And then eggs, eggs also contain zinc as well. Well as other nutrients like selenium and choline. Fun fact: Brazil nuts also contain selenium, which is really great for thyroid health. Um, And then when we look to fruits and vegetables, they're actually you know not the best sources of zinc overall. Um, They're actually pretty poor sources of zinc, uh, but some potatoes and green beans and kale are pretty okay sources. And then we save the best for last, uh, which is dark chocolate. So dark chocolate can provide an adequate amount of zinc as well. So if this has resonated with you, if you feel like you're struggling with any of those symptoms or you're not eating a lot of these foods, um, and you want to supplement, uh, what we would recommend is, you know, taking a zinc supplement. Um, you can get it as just a supplement on its own or as part of a multivitamin different forms commonly found in supplements include zinc gluconate. Um, and zinc sulfate. And, um, you know, they all kind of vary in the quality and, you know, quantity of the elemental zinc. Um, But the standard ingredient labels for dietary supplements provide the name, you know, on the back, just kind of like magnesium. We talked about that, right? There's different forms of uh, magnesium. If you're doing glycinate, oxide, citrate, all of those serve different purposes. Um, But what we would recommend is 10 milligrams is pretty safe. That's kind of a normal um, dosage. And then what we would recommend is doing a zinc glycinate. It is, it is shown to be one of the best absorbed sources of zinc, just like magnesium glycinate is one of the best sources of mag, uh, magnesium. And then we have another one that we really like, which is called ZMA. And a lot of the things that we reference in this podcast today are also signs. And you can cross-reference this against you know our magnesium podcast, as well as our vitamin podcast with the B vitamins. Um, but ZMA is a combination of zinc, magnesium and vitamin B6, which can also help with sleep as well. So lots of people love to use zinc in that form. So that's all we got for you today. We are gonna wrap it up and then we will be back on Friday we got a fun Friday fire coming for you. So we hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, the best thing that you could do for us as a gift to us would be to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram, tag us, share it on Facebook, whatever platform that you listen, or just tell a friend, invite a friend to listen to this podcast. Um, the more that you can kind of share with word of mouth, the more people that we can touch throughout the world. And leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.